Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Creative Insider podcast number 55 with me, Georgi Leshtarsky. In this podcast episode, my guest was Andras Kaldos, co-founder of the Hungarian high-end architectural visualization company Brick Visual. In this conversation, Andras unveiled how the company was started, how it was initially, and uh, all the business decisions and hard work to grow from 3 to 70 employees and spread in different businesses such as architectural visualization, software production, real estate, and education. But before we start the conversation, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast and I want to remind you that if you want to support us, you can do that for free by just subscribing to the platform you're listening to and leaving a good review if possible. Another great way to support us is just by spreading the word with your friends, colleagues or family and by following our social media channels, which are at TCI Podcast or the LinkedIn page, The Creative Insider. If you want to go a little deeper, in the description below you'll find a link to Patreon where you will be able to support us with 5 bucks a month or the wish from you amount of money. As soon as possible we will be also providing some perks for all the patrons. So enough with introductions, thank you very much and enjoy the conversation with Andras Kaldos. Andres, how are you? Welcome to the Creative Insider. Hi, nice to meet you. It's a really great honor to participate in this podcast. It's the first time for me to participate in a podcast, so I'm a podcast virgin, we can say that. <laughs> uh, thank you very much uh, for accepting uh, our invitation. And it was, uh, I told you also through our emailing, because people don't know, but to make an interview like this, uh, it, seem, it seems very easy because everybody gets the interview every Monday, but before there is a lot of work we do to, you know, approach the guests and organize the whole thing. And you were the really dream guest because I sent you the invitation after a couple of days, I got everything I needed back uh, signed, uh, booked, scheduled the... Uh, the the recording date so thank you very much for for being for being so so disciplined <laughs> what can i say i'm a super effective guy not really i have lots of people helping me so <laughs> yes but uh, yeah so you can introduce a little bit yourself for the people who who don't know you so who are you what you do ah uh, yeah so my name is andras kadosh I'm the CEO of Brick Visual from the beginning, so nine years of Brick. Um, I'm a f- one of the founders of Brick. 
Um, originally, I have, as most of the people in architecture visualization field, I have an architecture background. Actually, I attended two different architecture schools. Um, I still consider myself also a little bit uh, as an architect, although I'm not doing that <laughs> profession anymore. Uh, but, you know, I'm a proud architect and I still think about myself like that also. Um, yeah, and um, and uh, and after the the university, basically, I or I immediately started to do architecture visualization, freelancing on the Hungarian market. Uh, yeah, because by the way, I'm from Hungary. Um, um, actually, during the university as well, I was actively working. So it was like eight hour schoolwork and eight hours long schoolwork and then eight hours long uh, um, um, uh, working for architecture offices, uh, helping them in, in uh, competitions to, uh, to do the visualization or helping them also uh, doing the design concept for the competition. And yeah, as soon as I finished in the university, it was so obvious that basically I continued what I started during the university. So it was an easy choice. Uh, I. I didn't have this urge to do architecture work. Uh, I wanted to do creative work. That was the concept. And for me, architecture visualization was that. And um, and yeah, I just started to do freelancing. Um, actually, I spent half a year in uh, together with my wife in after the university in in uh, in uh, firstly in Paris and then another other half year in in London, which was a uh, fun period i actually i didn't find job there or i didn't want anyway uh find job because it was uh just a temporary thing uh, bec uh it was not because of me because of my wife she had the opportunity to, uh, for for a fixed period of time to go there uh, it was really fun and in the meantime i learned more or less proper english as you hear not perfect but <laughs> with additional sign language i can <laughs> i make think you're good understand <laughs> i think you're good <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah after that i came back and continued my my freelancing uh, career for a while um and then i was approached by um startup company called Real 5D. Um, at that time, that was 2010. Yes. Um, it was it was still like crisis, economical crisis, especially in Hungary, also in real estate. Uh, it was not so good. I had jobs, so I was not worried, but this company approached me, a cool startup company, and they had a quite ambitious idea that they're doing this... Um, uh, they, they, they developed a software, which was an interactive 3D walkthrough software. So imagine like a simplified Unreal type of software, but it's web-based and you could log in to that, uh, I don't know, space what you modeled up. And then someone else could also log into that space and meet and there it's it's like um i don't know if you know the mmorpg games uh, it looks like uh, looks like that but for arquis and it was really ambitious at that time especially and then you know i i joined there to their team for 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 one and a half year and and i continue and help them to to develop that software uh of course not 
programming, but helping them visually improve the quality of the things what they do and in adding lots of things to that software. And then, you know, as the, it's probably, it was a too early idea and, and we saw that it's, uh, it's not going to succeed. Um, I still believe it's, it's, a, it's a cool idea, but maybe it would be still early to do something like this. And um, so therefore I quit it. But uh, there I get to know um, Attila uh, Chadovsky. Um, I actually, I hired him in that company. Um, uh, and, and another guy uh, who was a sales guy. And, you know, I said that, okay, this is not going to work out well. And, and I, I quit it. And uh, I told the guys that I would like to do just a simple architecture visualization company. Uh, uh, working, um, stay here, working from, from, from Budapest, but not working on the Hungarian market. Um, there was two reasons why I didn't want it. One of them is that, uh, you know, at the time the, the market was still not so um, um, good because of the economic crisis. The other reason is that simply I want to do I wanted to do working on cool architecture, which which excites me, and that's pretty simple. I guess it's uh, everyone's goals who is doing architecture visualization and has an architecture background has the same goal. Uh, and I knew that I, I I won't find it in the Hungarian market. Also, actually, it was also another reason is that that. I had an idea to go abroad and actually I applied to a job in London at that time. And I almost, we almost decided in my wife to go to London and probably my career would be really different. But at the moment when I wanted to accept that job offer for a good architecture visualization studio, uh, my wife said that uh, she's pregnant and let's stay home. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, then all the other options was out and you know to be honest that was that was the reason why we established brick because we didn't want to go uh, um, and leave hungary because of this um, but it was it was a happy moment for me because actually i wanted to build something so i didn't want to be like an employee i was a little bit i think more ambitious um, so it was a a good luck and and then we established brick with zero money <laughs> as usual uh, with some connections and we started to build up we started from my brother's uh, um, um, uh, my brother has a little office in the city center in budapest and actually we uh, build up a little office space in the hallway of that office <laughs> so uh, and we started to work um, we, we already have a little portfolio, so we put together what we have, uh, some computers and, 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 uh, uh, together with Attila and, and some connections that we had from the Hungarian market. And we immediately said to this third sales guy that, okay, we have to find a way to find, uh, projects from not from Hungary, but from Western Europe or from other countries. And that was the beginning, basically.
I'm talking too much, no? <laughs> <laughs> no, you did a great introduction of yourself. Uh, and now you have said a lot and now I have a lot of questions uh, because okay. we need to, I, I know what the rough, the rough story of the beginning, but we need to um, put a little bit of uh, structure in it. Um, I love, I love the way that you said uh, you, we started with zero money, uh, but you started with zero money and uh, I guess with a lot of talent um, because uh, as casually as you say, we started brick now brick brick visual is i don't know one of the top i i would say top five companies probably in the world that makes <laughs> make images and i mean nobody that i mean i don't want to offend anyone but uh i i was i was looking into a lot of uh architectural visualization companies when i was uh a student because uh, I figured out that all these beautiful images that we see on the architectural websites uh, are not made from the architects but are made from other companies and I started because one one assistant of mine uh, at the university showed us the work of Mir and then I figured out the D2 and then from the D2 I figured out all the companies and so on and uh, when I saw the first time I opened your website uh, was when you have done, I guess, an image for big or for, I don't remember for which office was it, but was this uh, geometrical curved roof, glass roof, um, mm. this image that was also awarded. And I was like, okay, this is sick. This is uh, unreal. It also, was, uh, the architecture design was amazing. Uh, actually, it was not, uh, not for... Uh, that well-known company it was a really cool, uh, cool uh, Swedish company. What we uh, who designed that building, and actually we, we won uh, a plus awards. I don't know if you know. Yes, that, yes, that, yes, that, 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 yeah. yes. This is how I found out about you. Actually, I, I've seen like, and then it's so funny because actually it's a great way to do a research for architecture going through architectural visualization companies. Because when you go on their website, they like for example, it's yours. You'll see the, all the images, and then you'll see for whom those images were done. So you can go to the architect's uh, website, and so it was so funny because sometimes I would see these uh, amazing images, and then I go to the website of the architect, and the website of the architect, it's really really bad. So I was like, okay, this guy should shouldn't get images from from them. <laughs> them. But um, but all this to say that it's curious to to know a little bit more structure about like the whole talent that that's behind the, the start of of Brick uh, and about you personally. So um, you said you have an architectural background and you have studied in two architectural schools. Um, I'm first curious, like how in your life you decided you wanted to be uh, a creative, because I think that um, most of the people who has no idea what is it about. Uh, start in a very naive way and where did you study what was your education in general that was quite early actually and maybe i don't know if it's a unique story or not i like it uh actually it was because of my father uh he's not working in the creative industry he's he was a librarian now he's uh um, um yeah, what is uh, retired retired thank you sorry um and um but but he had some sense for good sense for for you know drawing and this kind of things. So he, he actually was just 
showing showing me I don't know why when I was in the school showing me the um, how to draw a cube uh, you know in perspective just for fun and then you know I for some reason I was started to you know it, it was interesting for me and then I started to draw a cube and then then actually he's always telling me nowadays this story that once he wake up like early morning on the Sunday Sunday usually I I I was you know this late late sleeper so they they have to wake me up at eleven in the <laughs> that they wake up and 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 at that Sunday I was like sitting on the staircase and at the on the staircase on the wall there was this um, I don't know. This um, drawing about the streets, and um, so you know, in the in a Sunday uh, morning, my father found me uh, sitting and drawing on this uh, the staircase, and drawing, um, uh, copying a picture uh, of uh, like uh, about the street. Um, what it was hanging on the wall. It was a nice graphic something, uh, and I was try to repeat the perspective and the logic of the perspective on that image. And and I couldn't stop after that. I, I draw lots of these um, um, uh, still lifes, you know, with an apple and, and, you know, it was fun with just a graphic drawing. And then, then you know, I was not super successful in the elementary school and in the in the secondary school but it was okay you know i was not really failing but it was not really super successful me, me and and they they thought it's a good idea and i also i liked it so i went to a drawing school and it, i found it even more excited i did nice drawing so i i did lots of uh, drawing about naked people, actually. So I have that <laughs> this kind of anatomy drawing skills background as well. Um, and, and actually, it, it slowly switched during the um, during the secondary school to uh, to, um, uh, to to you know to start to practice to get to the university. I wanted to go to mostly for to to art schools. So, um, you know, there is like two different type of architecture school. Yeah, actually, the end um, uh, diploma is the same. So it's the same, um, uh, give you the same permissions and everything. But one of them is like more like an artistic approach. The other one is more like an engineering approach. And I wanted to do it to the art school. So actually, already uh, before I finished the secondary school, I was uh, really um preparing to you know to get to the university uh, and i was not selected and i couldn't uh, go there uh, and it was a big disappointment for me because i i really wanted to go, go to an art school you know there was a big limitation because these schools worked at that time with a really limited um, number of people like you know 10 10 people in one uh work group so they were only uh, choose like 10 people uh, to start uh, in this art school so I was not chosen and I tried it twice uh, you know and and it was uh, it was a sad story or sad uh, frustrating story for me but in the meantime I get to uh, because of my um, great um, 
my results were get better in the secondary school. Actually, I get to a normal, uh, really good school. Um, um, what you know, more engineer focused, but but still, you know, teaching the same thing. And I liked that for a while, but then I lost my, let's say, patience. Uh, the reason for that because I like the teachers there. I like what most of the things what we learn there. Rather half was I thought it was too much mathematics and <laughs> things which was not that interesting for me or triggering. But the I think most of the frustration came from the fact that I didn't give up working for architects. So so from the first year I worked constantly with architects on projects. And I didn't have time to do this, this school where their expectations were high and you had to go to, you know, do lots of work uh, and and work in the meantime. And it was, that was frustrating for me. And I, I knew that already at that time that I want to work. That's real life. That's something what I should do instead of, sitting and do another exam in mathematics uh, to, to be, a, you know, up to, after that to do architecture as an art form or, or, or even visualization work. Uh, and uh, so I, I said that I want to continue it. And what I did that I went to, I said that I'm giving up and I went with my, I put together a really strong portfolio together with my schoolwork and together with my um, my um, um, professional, my, not just school work, but but what I did, like uh, commissioned things, and I took it and I went to this art school, knock literally knocking a little bit on the door, <laughs> and and say that hey, I'm attending, and the three three years uh, I spent in this school, and I want to come to you. You didn't uh, want me uh, three years ago, but here is my portfolio. Please look at it, because I want to continue here. And they said, okay, you, you can come. <laughs> Let, join to this. <laughs> I don't know. It was uh, so, so it was a little bit cutted for me like this. But, but did you then study at the art school afterwards, art academy? That's not the, like, did you? Yeah, but it's the same architecture fundamentals. So at the end, you get the same degree. Uh, ah, okay. It's just actually, I could continue the everything, the, the all the, um, what I don't know, the English name, the, um, Oh, the exams, everything in the same degree. exams and everything. It, I could continue that. So I didn't have to restart the whole thing from the beginning because it was a continuation. But the advantage of this course, it, it maybe didn't have that good name in Hungary, but for me, it was amazing and perfect. I had time to do uh, creative work outside the school hours. Uh, also, it helped me to improve also in the school, this work. Lots of experiments, lots of experimental architecture, and I had time also to do work, commission work for studios. It was perfect for me. It's not for everyone, I can say that, but for me, I was super happy, and 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 they were super happy with me. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think I understand you because I have had the the same experience because I, I grew up in Italy. And I've said it already on the podcast that that university was like your your first school, and then I came here to Germany in a, a university in Germany. They have um, a school which is called Fachhochschule, which is not university, but it's supposed to teach you that. In the end, you have the same title, 
but it's supposed to be for the less smart students, so to say, or something like that. I don't know. They, they, they define it like this here, or this is what I understood. But they loved the school because it was more applied sciences, you know, like more practical instead of theoretical. And I've never been like this kind of maths guy or, you know, like all these um, things that are not visible because architecture in it's about producing something architectural. So uh, for me, it was nicer to come here. Uh, but you said that you have started to work f since the beginning for also offices. Um, I'm curious, how did you manage to start at the beginning of your studies to get work from architects? How could you be helpful, like uh, so fresh? Yeah, I understand the question. And I skipped one element of, of the beginning of the story. Uh, and that's my fault. <laughs> it's that in the meantime, why, you know, I was drawing in the staircase, I had another interest, and that's um, that's 3D Studio Max in uh, DOS. <laughs> that was not Max, sorry, 3D Studio uh, DOS, because at that time it was not 3D Studio Max. So actually, in pretty early, um, um, uh, someone showed me. Actually, that's also a funny story. Who showed me? Uh, one of my friends showed me. Uh, still, really, we are really good friends of uh, of that guy, and and uh, he he became a finance guy, and now he's working for me, and he's our financial controller. But he showed me 3D Studio in DOS and showed me how cool is it. You know, we were like uh, geeking around and playing I don't know Doom uh, network, you know, on serial ports and you know all the old school uh, PC gaming stuff. And and she showed me that oh look at this how cool is this 3D program and and you know and it was still in DOS mode I, I remember so it was not Windows and 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 in the in time I was like improving that and then Windows came and I started to do some little stupid things in Max. And this, at the end, these two things come, came together for me quite early because I could draw. I had the skills to understand, like, you know, perspective. I had the skills to draw nice things. And, and in the meantime, I, I because of my this hobby uh, of mine, I had this knowledge as well. And these two things came together really nicely, super early. So... As soon as I finished the secondary school, I started to work with a with an interior designer, um, not studio, one old guy who was really uh, doing really nice interior designs, furniture here in Hungary. Good, you know, projects like libraries and this kind of things. And at that time, he didn't, he, he still, you know, drawing this stuff, also the detailed drawing and everything. And he needed someone who cheap <laughs> and could do nice work and i started to do this this um yeah, simple drawing stuff and then i showed them that by the way i can do this visualization and he was like what what is this and you know i think at the time there was no v-ray around just brazil that's another render engine and i learned everything uh, i think uh, it was developed by splatterfish i think i'm not sure it's anymore exists uh, i, I sure. i've heard about brazil from uh, i think tudor from the panopticon mentioned this first rendering engine back in the days and then he said that from brazil he was uh, trying out very hardly to make it look even better in photoshop <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that yes. was a terribly slow <laughs> render engine. <laughs> uh, 
but still I could do decent stuff. And actually the guy did it like an exhibition um, from these renders and lots of people saw it and I was there and I was credited and I was like, you know, not even, uh, I think I was the first year in the university. So it was, you know, um, it was, uh, it was, pu I would say pure luck also. So um, that these things came together and these interests are met like that. Uh, and I never had doubts. The only only point when I had doubts in the things what I want to do is, is that after I switched school and I struggled for a while. Also, I was stuck a little bit in World of Warcraft at the time, so that was also not a positive thing. So, but that's just reality. So basically, you spend a lot of your early early days in front of the computer, from what I'm understanding. Yeah, I was I. I I'm, I don't think I'm a geek anymore, but I was a geek, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I guess now you don't have the time to be so much a geek, so you, you have to, yeah. to... The geeky stuff you do must be productive for, for your company, I guess. Um, exactly, and I lost my patience as well. To be, you know, uh, if, if you want to be a geek, you have to be patient uh, in front of the computer. I'm not at all, so <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, I remember for me, I, I played like I've never been... a very big uh, video games player but i played also for a, a brief time world of warcraft with my friends at school but since i started studying architecture and then working and uh doing the two things together as you did i was like i hated sitting in front of the computer in my free time uh, in my free time i just wanted to go outside meet people visit shops uh and uh or just walk around and i thought it's such a nonsense to to sit for me in front of the computer because i don't i have to do that for work so to say and i don't want to do it um in my free time um yeah that's completely true and you are right and actually i realized it quite early after it like when i switched to this art school i think from that point i totally give up playing games and I, actually i lost totally patience sometimes i'm still playing a little bit but i'm i don't feel like uh, i'm losing my patience and it's just waste i feel the same way it's a waste of time so yeah like I, I and if you get very involved into what you do you think oh my god i'm spending one hour in the computer in this one hour i could do one more project or one more thing so uh it's it feels like a little a little off for me personally um, and so you started so early on in the in this field, and um, I guess you said they weren't you pay much, but probably for you were good money at that point in time in your life. And then you switched schools, completed the second school, and then you, you become an architect. And what happened then? Like you you then continued working for where you were already supporting as a student, or did you start a real? Uh, the real deal architectural job what happened after you finished uh, architectural school after I finished the architecture school and it was 2009 I uh, you know I, I continued that freelancing job what was already existing for me working with the same clients I had some connections in Budapest also in, in, in uh, the city where was the university um, I, I found some new um, doors to open and I started to work with them. So it was a fluent continuation. But also in 2009, you know, when I received the degree, I 
I I received actually a, a diploma award as well, a quite um, well known. It's it's called for Hungarians. It's it uh, sounds really good. For non-Hungarians, it doesn't sound at all interesting. But it's called a, a, a junior prima primissima kind of award, which is a really well known award for. Uh, in Hungary, not in just in architecture, but there are lots of areas where they give this award, and I won this award with uh, with uh, with my um, uh, thesis. Um, uh, so you know, I did lots of experimental architecture. So it was like a super extravagant something what I did for my thesis, uh, but they were like super. Um, grateful and and it turned out well and in 2009 i received also this award uh, which which was a, also a significant amount of money and then i did freelancing and as i said like my wife um, had this job opportunity to go to london and after that to paris so i spent like one year little bit freelancing to Hungary, but that, you know, go with my wife, visiting these cities and living there a little bit, learn English, work a little bit, a uh, little bit hang out and chill. So I, it was not that super active for me. I was like this, you know, addition to my wife <laughs> at that time, but it was all right. I relaxed a little bit at the time. And, and when I, when we got back, I continued with the, the freelancing job to these architects' offices. Just imagine like competition, they have a competition and I had this small barebone computer and I brought this computer with me, um, also monitor um, and and sit down in the in the office and start to, you know, help in, I don't know, uh, even in the early design concept, a little bit designing as well, which was super exciting. And then do, you know, the renders, modeling, all the section drawings, uh, yeah, but in a, you know, clever graphical way, what was my advantage in the office. And, and I did that a lot. But it was also challenging because you can burn out super quickly. I don't know if you ever do, did uh, competition, architecture competitions. Yeah, you did. And that's, that's you know, that how you do it. It's uh, 40 hour, 48 hours straight work and then you sleep. And if you do it, repeating it constantly <laughs> with different offices, you're getting tired super quickly and burn out. It was exciting, but but I knew that it has to end. And and it was a good timing because Real 5D came in the picture, uh, the startup company, what I explained to you earlier. And uh, and that's it. I, I did competitions too, and I'm, I'm uh, smiling because uh, I did it when... So I came here to Germany and I came here because uh, I, I didn't think in Italy I would have any chance to to practice what I'm studying for. And uh, after four months only, I figured out uh, a job as a um, student, as an intern, so to say, uh, with a 20 hours um, a week contract. Because here in Germany, students have this advantage that they can be hired. The companies will pay less taxes on these students and they are allowed to work only 20 hours during the semester. And in Germany, you have a semester break, which depending on the school, you're more or less free. And you can work full time during that period of time. And so during that period of time, I was supporting competition in the in the office, but I had a contract per hour. 
So for me, uh, when I was <laughs> when I was doing these crazy weekends, for me it was like, oh okay, right now I just <laughs> I just earned 400 euros, so I, I'm good. <laughs> Give me more. But that's a good deal. That, but yeah. but yeah. it's a good concept. I mean, we didn't have this kind of things in in Hungary, and I was like pissed off because I know that it would be much you know useful if you they they would support these kind of things and support my time to do real job and learn from it and be there on the construction and look at it. You know, I could draw uh, by hand these section detailed drawings about buildings, but I didn't have any idea how this is look like in reality. And then actually that's the most funny thing. I went from the engineer school to this art school and, you know, the guy who teaching like, um, you know, all the detailed sections, like, like the technical things about the building, you know, he was like, oh, yeah, these are stupid artists. It's, uh, it's, I give up. So what he did, it was actually clever because I learned much more about uh, structures uh, uh, engineering. He just uh, brought, uh, um, uh, he, he had like several construction, what he did. And he just, every every occasion we went out and he looked, he showed us uh, lots of things like how things happening now, this building, is it this face, look at this. This is how, uh, um, I don't know, um, um, a terrace and, uh, and the wall um, uh, connections should look like in, uh, you know, in, in reality. And, you know, I, thanks for that, actually, I managed to, to, uh, I just finished, uh, it was a two years uh, long project. I fin we finished to build up a really amazing family house uh, uh, for, for ourselves. And, and, you know, I was able to manage that because I know what the shit they're doing there. So I could challenge them and, 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 uh, and it was super useful. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that uh, people who are still studying, they should transition as quick as possible to the professional world because I've learned so much about side things also, you know, like uh, how to organize your work, how to organize your time, how to be more efficient, how to be more productive, to create your uh, workflow, which as a student you do, you know, by, by yourself, by accident. Um, I, I'm going to ask you one question. I don't know if it's too personal. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try because I guess that everybody will be curious. What, what, what is what you were doing? One, like, what was this uh, possibility that your wife got to be one year abroad? And uh, uh, is that for work, for education? How, how come that you had? Uh, she, she got hired by G. Uh, G, you know, in a, is a huge, I think the biggest company in the world, uh, G. Uh, G. Um, and um, and uh, he, he um, she got this opportunity to um, to participate in this uh, management leadership program. I think that was the name of that. Uh, and and uh, and this program was was an amazing program actually. And what happened? And, and she worked uh, for a fixed amount of period of time in different positions inside GE and different branch of GE, like GE Money Bank. She was like an Asian person and then she went to other place and doing a totally other. And the concept of was that there was like full of trainings and, and the concept was that they hired these um, um, not so experienced but talented uh, uh, 
managers and and you know train them to be you know leaders quickly and and young manager successful manager and she participated in that that was amazing opportunity it was amazing because all our cost was t- covered you know it's it's it was a great interesting experience to see how a huge corporate have how much money they have it's crazy <laughs> and they you know we were like 20x years old of both of us and we were like in the four season hotel for i don't know till we got the apartment and eating every day go out the company covered it and it was in london and it was like amazing so yeah and uh, after these adventures you went back to to hungary and uh, to budapest and um, now uh, you you said you joined a company that this that was trying to do this sort of uh, online based uh, CGI uh, meeting meeting rooms. Um, what was your your role there? I was leading the the production part. So you know when we had to create because this company did two things: delivering. Um, content for clients, but that content was based on the development what they did. So it was actually at the end it was a service, but also it was a software development because you, they used the software to deliver the content to the client. Therefore, I, I had two kind of roles uh, in the startup. One of them leading the production, uh, doing content, visual content uh, ba- uh, based on the software. And and the other one is to helping in the development of this software from from of course from the 3D point of view. Uh, imagine like you okay you have an engine not Unreal not nothing it was a self-made uh, direct based DirectX eight uh, quite old engine, and the, there was an editor what the guys developed there earlier, and this editor was just imagine an, uh, like the Unreal Engine editor but of course it uh, was a really simplified. Um, uh, thing and then we had to develop that and put more visual tools in it uh, figure out the way how we can bake light so actually at the end it looked really good because we we found a way how to bake lights in V-Ray and feed it in this engine uh, so we baked V-Ray um, we did V-Ray light maps and we 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 baked it to this uh, engine and the engine used these light maps and they look pretty cool. It was a static lighting, so there was no dynamic lighting in it. Uh, but in the meantime, it looked pretty well because you know it was big lights from V-Ray and it was super hard because at that time there was no, no really streamlined process of how to bake lights especially with an engine which was not an existing standard and it was a self-made engine. Um, so I added lots of features together, of course, with the programmer uh, to this engine. Um, like, okay, I said that, okay, here is, we did a demo for, you know, showing Miss Wanderer Pavilion. And, uh, and you know, we baked the lights, uh, V-Ray lights in it, and, and it looked pretty cool, but I wanted to have some fog effect that we didn't have anything for, you know, for this real-time engine thing. And then, you know, I, I tell them that okay, now you have to program for me. Um, um, I don't know particle generator, <laughs> and then you know we discuss how to apply and what, and and then we set up something where it looked like a fog, and it was it was exciting because it was not just you know f- figuring out the software, but create actually 
uh, these features in the software um, and it was super cool <laughs> yeah it's a super cool experience so um for example like these slides so you basically created like assets for the software through v-ray so you created these light maps and uh did you gather some actual like at least some basic coding coding knowledge through it or you were not just really, the, not you were, really. i had the support i did some a little bit but not too much you were just the so, guy that were say these things needs to know to do these things and they were like okay yeah. <laughs> code writing it was not that easy but but yeah it worked like that it was amazing uh, you know with these colleagues to work together it was a good kind of approach because i know how the things will look good programmers doesn't and they understood me i mean they understood each other which was really cool it's just just to repeat it like what happened is that we modeled everything in 3d max we set up the lighting in v-ray the same way how you do uh, you know a static render but before you know we didn't do the render we just exported the model imported in this self-developed you know engine uh, plus editor uh, like how you exporting basically in Unreal and, and in, uh, to these data suites, but of course at that time it was much more complicated. And then in uh, in uh, in 3D Max with V-Ray, we render out light maps for this model. We unwrap it, and then we put it the maps on the um, on the software in the software. That's it. And then you could meet other people online in inside this. Yeah, it had many feature I, I i think it could be a, a great business idea right now to make like i don't know digital digital rooms where you can meet people because we cannot meet uh, maybe the 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 purpose they wanted to do back in the days was the wrong one and now it can be handy to reuse it in a different way um yeah so i wanted to ask you is this is this company still alive or is it completely dead uh, and why did you leave the company Mm. Um, I'm not sure if it's live in that form. Uh, I don't really follow that. Actually, we had some not uh, not agreeing on lots of important things with the with the owner there. So the goodbye was not uh, you know perfect. <laughs> um, but at the end, we we closed uh, the the things in a in a in an ethical way so so we we still you know at the at the end we still like finished all the works we spent much more time uh, than that uh, that one month uh, period at the end when we quit it so so we tried to close the thing and and actually i remember at that time that then they found an investor as well and they found other uh 3d artists so actually they survived that period when when some of us left it was needed um and you know i don't want to say like bad things uh because that was i think an amazing idea and a good idea and the guy was quite ambitious but lots of things um i was not really happy and and maybe it was just also a compatibility problem but also it was um i learned a lot and you know i don't want to be rude again because it was probably also a a compatibility problem and which is also my fault but i can tell honestly that i learned a lot how to be a really bad boss a really good bad one i i i i, I mean this is a very good point because i think that um you know um people 
think some like sometimes you tend to think that some experience was bad but um i think that bad experience uh, are also positive because you learn exactly this what you don't want so when you have i don't know a bad boss a bad job a bad girlfriend a bad whatever a bad house uh, a bad flatmate you just learn this what um what is not good for you and so you can change it and uh I've um first time I read this concept was in one book which is about the life of Miss Van der Rohe and mm. he he when he moved to the US he said I had 500 books but I took only 50 with me because not because the the other 450 weren't bad they just taught me what I don't need so so <laughs> so it's the the same um You know, bad experiences like this is I learned a lot from it, and it's it's a good thing I think. And and actually, just to you know, jump to a future uh, a little bit. Nowadays, I'm still struggling with certain like I'd say more junior people who has talent, but they came here as a that they, they, uh, their first real work experience. Is here in Brick in a company of 70 plus uh, people with doing creative work, and actually they didn't never saw what is a bad employer, what is a good employer. They don't know the standards. What I can expect from an employer, we have to teach them what is okay and expect from your employer and what is not how to behave as an employee it's crazy but you know that's the first time when they meet and maybe they did never saw a bad example how bad is it can be an employer and you know like uh, marton who is our our creative director in brick one of the key cornerstones of brick let's say that uh he's always telling that for him like um He has this this negative experience from earlier when the boss was like uh, shouting and and throwing them things and 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 um, and you know and he he has this bad experience and he can compare it like okay how is it now is it better is it worse certain things but if you don't have that experience and you you coming here and break and work as this is the first you know working experience then we're struggling to explain them that. Yeah, this is you know this is more than what you would receive averagely from an employer, uh, and uh, and that's hard, that's challenging, but also understandable. It's just you need patience to 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 do this. Well, uh, I don't know. I have I've I have changed uh, also some jobs, and uh, there were better opportunity, better better situation, worse situation, but. Um, Then I read one book, it's called Super Thinking, and then there was a very interesting concept in it that everything has sort of a trilogy of, of uh, qualities that uh, and two of them will be always good and one will be the worst. And uh, for me, when you're an employee, you have three, three, three points as an employee. There is money, there is the kind of work you do, and there is the team spirit. So basically you can have good work in good team spirit, but shitty money. You can have like a bad job, but good, like bad work you do, but then good money and a good team. Or uh, I don't know, you can have a good work, good money, but really bad team. So that's, I, the, that's the same concept as the triangulity of uh, client expectation, like the quick, urgent work, the 
the cheap and uh, what was the last one the, the I, I don't remember but there was this triangle and you cannot have like all of them and <laughs> yeah it's, it's well, the same concept well yeah. in this book the this concept of this trilogy was basically saying that can apply in many different things in diff you just have to look for these three three points and then generally two of them will be very good and one will be lower and this is what i it learned makes sense maybe yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah more or less um and so after this software company you were close to go to london but luckily you didn't and this is how uh brick start yeah uh so i guess i mean for for what you told me uh so how how long is the time that you have spent between starting university to the moment you started Brick, because starting university, I, I finished university in two thousand nine, and we started established Brick in two thousand twelve. So three years, and one 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 year was as I mentioned was this uh, London and Paris uh, project, and after that a uh, little freelancing and one and a half year uh, real five D, and then then in two thousand twelve. I, I miss um, I miss the year like you started university two thousand nine. No, no, we, uh, sorry, I finished university in 2009. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Oh, and Because then, I said started. No, yes. I finished university in 2009. So. But, and you started four years ago, uh, four, year, four or five years earlier. So 2004, 2005, you started? You? I, I think altogether it took six years to finish the university because I, I uh, did three years in the first school and then I repeated the third year again. And um, then, uh, um, so 2003, and then you started a company, you said 2011? 12. 12, 12. So you have almost 10 years of, because I'm asking you that because this was the first moment when you started working for the field. So from there on, you started collecting, I don't know, people that you know eventually. Uh, so it's, this is like the real beginning because I, for me, it counts, you know, the moment you started being in the field. And uh, until then, it was almost 10 years. So you first started with Hungarian clients, right? Yeah, uh, just to go back uh, to that topic, but because I think that's a, that's a really important thing is that uh, when I established Big, I had almost a decade long experience in in working, uh, and some most of it was architectural visualization, and and I just want to really highlight this because I I really challenging the existing academic education system and maybe, let's not go down that road because it has lots of to discuss in this road but I think I'm a good example why this is not working and why I'm successful today uh, because I can say I'm successful in 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 our quiz uh, because I didn't um, went to that typical road of on the university not doing anything i i was fighting against it and it worked much better i had 10 years um advantage compared to others because of this um you know that i didn't want to go on that path and and to be honest i'm still really challenging uh, overall the education system not just in hungary but over in the world i think there's um, a good um, a TED talk about this. Uh, I don't know if you're listening to this TED talk. Uh, 
how bad is the old school education uh, academic approach that we we basically from the beginning we splitting and segmenting people by the production year let's say that and and how bad is that approach and how it's really far away from real life and how it's actually more and more detaching from the real need what we need nowadays in um in a, you know when we close and when, when the technology is so quickly changing our life and our our how can i say i our professions uh really super quickly that uh, these academic static approach it's over it's not it's gonna be an un, not really useful stuff uh, 10 years from now it will be a totally useless stuff that's that's maybe it's a little bit radical but that's my opinion today yeah i mean um i agree with you i think that i mean it needs some uh, some some sort of uh, upgrade or some 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 form of uh change because for example also the pandemic we're living now um i don't know how is the situation in hungary with education but i'm living in germany and so far um kids were like uh, in school then back home because one gets sick then the parents you know then the whole class goes in quarantine in italy there was a massive uh, because i grew up in italy my parents are still in italy i follow the news there also discussions how we can make uh, students back to school in a safe way and i mean like it's a pandemic you cannot do it in a safe way if you if we knew a safe way we wouldn't be in a pandemic uh, and nobody in the meanwhile I, i i started this podcast and i figure out this channel on youtube um with this um, guy he's called tom buck and he's a teacher in the u.s and he's a teacher of media he teaches students how to make videos how to make audio and he has created a room in their school where they stream stream lessons for for with multi-camera system um to stream lessons to to the students And I think why nobody talks about how to do a good quality uh, streaming lesson for the students instead of thinking how to bring back the students and do it, doing it the old way. And for me, for example, this was a, a changing of paradigm because nowadays you can do a very high quality streaming production for thousand or a couple of thousand euros, which probably for a school in italy or in germany it's totally fine to pay and yeah it's it's as you say i don't know we'll see and in the meanwhile we see a lot of people that are making a lot of money without any um, any academical knowledge for example these new jobs influencing and youtube and and social media which is so underrated by the rest So we'll see. It's an interesting, uh, also in architecture, we'll see how it's gonna gonna change um, and how it's gonna develop. Um, it, 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 it's 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 gonna be a huge change, and it's it's gonna happen, uh, and and it has to. It and it's good to hear that this uh, you have this experience or you saw like good examples because it's needed. I didn't see that much in Hungary in the in the school system, but but uh, you know my my kids in. One of the kids are in the elementary school, and um, you know, it's there are certain points which is promising, but overall, it's still 
the same education system where how I did in the elementary school, and it just makes me sad because today the world is really different and and it's much much quick and quicker, and <laughs> it should be really different. Yeah, it, it, but sorry, I made a U-turn uh, for your question, and to be honest, I don't remember the original question. What was it? No, the, the no, this was a good question because you said like um, I asked you exactly that how long it took you from the moment you started studying to the moment where you started the company because um, I guess that the first period of time before transitioning to the worldwide market, um, you worked for Hungary in the beginning, right? So that you can make the yeah, living. Yeah, we had some, some Hungarian connections, of course, because of freelancing. And then we had some projects there. But again, uh, there was a third guy who was a founder of, of Brick uh, and and he was like a salesperson. And, and basically we give him a mission to find sales agents because really, you know, the ambition from the beginning is to, to find good projects, international project, and with the ambition of doing... Um, um, uh, cool visualization on 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 cool projects, and it, maybe it was a naive idea because, of course, uh, at that time we had no idea how to do this, and we were not right. We didn't have the proper business mindset, but you know you have to start it in a naive way, and and it worked quite uh, we pretty well. So really quickly, we had a couple of opportunities from the USA. We um, um, actually uh, there was an agent in the USA. And then later on, we found someone in the Norway, and they started to bring us projects, opportunities, doors to open, and we paid a lot for them. So we paid like 20% minimum commission for each work what we delivered, which is a lot. But if you consider like we did this uh, in a small company in Hungary where the life living cost is much lower compared to Norway, it was the price was uh, or even with the commission and additional, it was a, a quite good competitive price, especially in a market like, for example, in Norway, when the only well-known architecture studio, uh, architecture visualization studio, was Mir, and we came in the picture as a, let's say, a cheaper um, Eastern European alternative of Mir sounds really bad but that was the reality <laughs> and it was really far away from the quality of me of course um, but we were naive enough to to jump in that and saying that that we are almost near just cheaper which <laughs> was not true but <laughs> still well you you caught you caught up on the quality of Mir. i don't know if you caught up on the prices <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a, a long ladder to climb to reach <laughs> that point, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, how long it took you between the moment um, between the moment that um, that you started the company to go on the Norwegian market first, and then on and on? I think it's it was quite uh, quick. So so when we started in the first couple of months we already received a couple of inquiries from the USA actually we had a chance in the, in the first year to work on the projects in the World Trade Center you know at that time they uh, was still building that area uh, the new new World Trade Center area and different towers and we had the chance to work on the, on the, one of the interiors of the World Trade Center for a developer and did an animation for them and it was amazing because you know there was like three guy 
from doing freelancing in Hungary and then you do an animation in the World Trade Center. Of course, we got the job because it was like quite convincing again, cost level slash quality. It was a good match. And, and because of that naive thing that we need agents and we gave offered them 20% of all the things what we do, we found someone and they started working. They wanted, they, they started to earn money, not that much, but they started to earn money. And it was a good combination at that time. And of course, it was not really a super well thought business idea, but thinking back, uh, it was probably the only and best choice what we made, but we were not aware of that, that it was a quite clever setup, uh, but the most important and you know i always explain the you know the sales part and how we started to create these opportunities it's also that uh that yeah of course we had a good skill already and not just me but uh Attila, the other founder and 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 as soon as we get these opportunities we started to hire so we intentionally wanted to build a company we didn't have like okay maybe we are not going to receive more jobs so let's be careful not to hire guy uh, or just let's try to freelancing with him and if it turns out well then let's try to do a little bit more we were not really careful we we hired a guy who was fit and we believe that we're going to receive more and projects and we can build yeah, a, a proper revenue. Uh, and it worked. And we were lucky because, yeah, we had talent. We had, you know, we could deliver good quality for those standards or good ones. So, so comparable ones. So that was, of course, the key that Attila and me was, in a way, know our shit, let's say that way. And, um, but also that, we were lucky because at that time it was still on this uh, economical crisis in Hungary and lots of architects, young architects uh, struggled in the architecture jobs, wanted to change their profession, going in the same path as I as I went or Attila was, was experiencing the same path more or less as me. And, and, and they wanted to have an opportunity like this. So we hired them and they were super talented and we had a good pool of people in Hungary who could join us for these amazing good international projects, which was quite unusual at that time. Uh, so now we, you know, today I realizing it that it was one of the key factors that we decided at the beginning that we are going to work as a Hungarian company on international waters. At that time, it was not really common uh, overall that this is like a, a a doable option. I don't know if there was any really active Romanian company or anyone in the Eastern European region who was building up a company like this, working with uh, quite well-known international clients. That was not that time. It, that came later. So we realized this quite early phase. And I can tell it like, maybe, you know, that company, other Hungarian uh, well-known architecture visualization studio, ZOA, uh, I'm not sure if you know them. Yes. Uh, they're quite well known. Okay, you know them. Um, and they, uh, they they, they actually reacted on this because they were really successful in the Hungarian market and they have, I think, an additional 10 years um, um, in their past. So so they, they are like a much older company and they are really successful today. 
uh, I, I really admire them and we have good connections. But but they, they actually realized this opportunity much later, um, like two, three, four years later, uh, or that was my feeling or still my, my opinion. Maybe they will say differently, but but that, that's my opinion about this. And, and because of that, we had this space to grow also in Budapest and uh, hire a couple of good, talented people uh, from the market. And that was a good, good, not intentional, but good step-by-step to build up a company. But um, I st- so first of all, to, to Zoa, if they want to reply to your uh, to your statements, are they welcome to come to the podcast too? <laughs> to be honest, I was a little bit... Um, 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 uh, I was not afraid to say this because... Uh, um, uh, we just uh, feature, we were just featured in Forbes, you know, this business magazine in Hungary uh, in April, and uh, they wrote an article about Brick. And actually, they asked Zoa what is uh, our their opinion about Brick, and you know, we know each other, and they told this that we uh, we we pull up the the. Um, um, so uh, to, to develop a company, we, it was came from from the beginning for us, and that was uh, really inspiring for them. And also that that uh, we realized quite early that we have to work on the international waters. So that's uh, you know I'm I'm confident that that's their opinion because <laughs> nice. it was in the interview that they said that <laughs> about nice. us. And everybody knows Forbes, so congrats <laughs> on being on Forbes Hungary. Uh, but I'm also curious, you you know you have this. You and your partner uh, Attila, who, by the way, probably has the coolest name in Archivist. Um, 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 you started the company, and you were, as I understand, the 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 technical guys on producing the images, and you were very talented. And you had this third uh, person who was um, aware of sales. Um, I don't know how much else of accountability, but, um, and also I'm, I'm curious how you said you started with your few computers you had in the office of your brother. Uh, but did you have some sort of, uh, you know, um, starting budget to say, okay, I'm going to try this company for, I don't know, a year. And if it's not successful, I can survive until a year. Then I have to find a job. And, um, did you have any awareness of what should be uh, your prices? Because, for example, uh, you were working as an employee in a company that was doing something that was not completely archivist. They were selling something else. And also, you know, to know, okay, I need this price so I will have this profit and with this margin I can grow. And also, like, did you have any idea that, I don't know, this employee will bring me so... Because this is... Um, you, as you said, in our education, we get all this education about how to do the things uh, technically, how to produce, I don't know, architecture or I- images in your case. But then there is all this business side which can can balance it in a positive or, or in a negative way. And how was your business knowledge at that point and how did it develop through? Okay, that's a really good question. And I think it, uh, there are several aspects of this what you should know one of them is that uh, yes i don't have any business knowledge by education but you know in my family and not i'm not talking about my mother and father i'm talking about my 
wife side of the family. Uh, you know, uh, my wife was, uh, you know, uh, she was my uh, um, high school sweetheart. Uh, so, so I, I, we we knew that our life is connected really early in the high school, and and uh, and uh, and you know, I I had a really connection with uh, my father-in-law. Uh, at the time, it was not father-in-law; it was just the really strict. Um, uh, guy, uh, business guy in mustache, but <laughs> but uh, actually I learned a lot about business. You know, just being with them, hearing them out, and when when this all started, I was already had certain like knowledge about this, and also a certain help when you know we started to this uh, question these obvious things. What you mentioning, like okay, how much should we pay? And you know these things again came together quite good. How we how you build up a cost structure? Uh, go to my wife, ask that. Okay, that's what should I do? Like how we should then we put down paper and you know we started to then ask the, my father-in-law and you know just little talks on the weekend, one hour. And like oh, stupid you are. <laughs> uh, but you know this helped me to to structure in a good way and. I had the knowledge of like how the Hungarian market is, let's say, behaving in terms of salaries because I was working in architecture studios. I had salaries there. I had I knew how much I can earn doing a job, how much I get paid. So I could compare it when I give an offer for a guy and saying that you're gonna earn this this much in gross, this much in net. Uh, I knew that I'm going to offer him something which is I know it's working because I have an earlier experience, and I could build up a good structure based on these costs, uh, having a little help and 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 gaining knowledge from this background, family background, and that was a good combination. So um, maybe we will continue the talk, and then we realize that nowadays I'm. I have 90% business and a really strong strategic business mindset and 10% only artist and creative. I'm not saying creative because business can be creative, but but 10% just uh, hands-on work. Like and, hands-on. And then maybe you will stop now the uh, the creative insider no, podcast. No, then, oh. no, <laughs> no. I, that's, that's all about the creative insider, that we are insider and we want to understand what is it behind the scenes. Um, but, um, what I'm also curious is, um, you started three people with, of course, some structured background in the, in the professional world. Um, how did you build the infrastructure of the company right now? Because you started three people, now you're 70 people and this infrastructure for three people can be completely different than the infrastructure for 70 people. And by infrastructure, I mean, not only the computers and I guess you have a rendering farm and uh, all these uh, hardware things, but also, you know, um, setting it up. So at what at some point, I guess some IT guy joined the team or a company, um, how who set up the workflow in order not only about 3ds max and whatever engine you use but um the the the, the way you 
put the folders of the projects together the way you you, you have contab- you have so many things that are like i don't know if you're 70 people maybe out of these 70 people 10 are not archivists of people but uh, only service i don't know you more can like, more like 20 yeah 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 I'm, I'm, i was very you know i compacted it a lot because you need so i'm yeah. curious how this infrastructure got slowly expanded yeah. Maybe that's also an interesting fact that, yes, we have uh, 70 plus people, but 50 something artists and the rest is management controlling experts who doesn't have any idea about visualization. They have their knowledge in commercial and sales, for example, or, or, or financial controlling or IT or whatever I could continue and Yes, that's part of the deal. And that's why Brick today is successful because we have a serious company structure and a serious management, not additionally lots of bunch of additional artists sitting in the management, but know-how and knowledge from from other fields, not just in visualization. And and yeah, I'm not leading anymore the sales and commercial because I'm probably not the best guy to do that, and that's not my job. Uh, I, you know, somebody who has a two decades of experience in sales and commercial leading that job now, and uh, that's 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 super important. But just to go back to the question, how we build, um, it was de- definitely uh, constantly an organic. Um, growth. It means that it was not like, okay, we set up this and this system is going to work for five years. It was a constant change in everything. You can imagine that like uh, having a growth of like when you doubling or tripling your revenue year by year and, and doubling or tripling your number of people year by year at the beginning, it was a constant moving from bigger office, bigger office, bigger office. There was one time when we moved half a year, like there was just six months passed and we went to a bigger one and and taking the, the, the of course, all the risks, uh, financial risk of that. But 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 it was a constant growth and, and step by step. So what we earned as money and profit, we could invest immediately back. Uh, so at the beginning, we actually earned not so much. It was also a lucky situation, but both of us was in a position that we earned okay as a mid-level employee, but we we were not really earning that much at that time. We invested a lot of money back to you know to hire the next guy and and put a workstation under it and buy a workstation and and go step by step. And in the meantime, yeah, what's happened? We had, uh, I don't know, 10 artists and a big, uh, big chaotic whatever. And then we started to, you know, okay, you are, this is the really good guy. He should be in charge of, you know, taking care of the production stuff and, and yeah, we should have probably an admin, admin guard who is helping us in the, papers which was like like this and no structure in it and it slowly went to the point when we realized that we hired uh, back office people uh, overhead workers who are not really active in producing stuff but thanks to their work and activity we managed to spend time with you know doing structures in the company 
uh, lots of things. Um, it was a quite early phase when we started to really take seriously the capacity planning because it was clear we had many projects coming in, having 10 or 15 resources, how to promise something to the client when it is just uh, um, um, not you know 100% sure that you're going to do it. So it's a uh, um, um, tentative offer and and then then you promise another one the same date and that you overbook the office you cannot do the both and we learn these things how to handle it and use systems to to structure in a good way and slowly we actually build up this back office part but it was always like like this you know for we had 10 people and we we started to you know reach that level when you need uh, that structure on that for that many people and then we grow and this structure was behind and we didn't have certain things which should have done we should have done it like a proper numbering uh, for projects so we can and then we we improve, improve that and then we build up our 3d model asset library and then something and then we reached again like okay this is a structure which is comparable with the size of the uh, amount of people and this kind and it was always like this and usually the back office part was always behind so we had bigger capacity and and less you know enough structure behind it to to support that uh, and it was always behind so it was always like like this because of the growth of course i'm, I'm curious uh, can you tell me what kind of um back office department you have right now which are not archivists and the other archivist teams are they somehow structured now do you have like project leader how, yeah how it's structured the the productive part and how what are the teams you have uh, on the side which are just as you said administration mm. um, so okay I would say there is five five legs yeah five legs in, in brick and this most of them are equally important strategically different size but equally important strategically as you know running brick as a successful business and one of them is of course the production and 50 people in that that's a bigger biggest chunk of in terms of people in terms of lot of things uh that's the i would say uh the engine that's what you probably see a lot that people talk about that the outcome of that work and 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 there is other four or five parts of brick. One of them is, uh, which is the uh, um, equally important, is sales and commercial. We have uh, uh, four internal sales expert uh, key account managers who are uh, their job is to um, to generate and also receiving handled inquiries from clients, mostly receiving inquiries because we are, we don't have to luckily generate that much so they, we are not doing really like this uh, shark hunting sales uh, it's not necessary yet maybe later it will be uh, but but yeah we receiving inquiries and then then we negotiate it through we put it in the capacity planning there is lots of sales work still you know making the deal especially for when we are not talking about two 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 images but 
uh, but a budget of I don't know uh, sixty thousand euro. That's a different you know deal. But where you have to <laughs> negotiate through like with the movie with several images and everything. So so. Uh, so that is really serious, and 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 you need experts to that who has the talent to talk properly with the client, do the politics rounds with the clients, treat them well, uh, because yes, Brick is a production company, but it's super important that this sales approach and client approach. It should be equally important. Uh, many of the companies struggling with this that they looking really inside. What's wrong with the client? How stupid they are. And you know, when you have a organization like this, a big one, uh, uh, doing the sales for you, they will bring their motivation and their motivation to bring more projects and make the clients happy. And they will push the organization and the production people to treat the clients better and sort out situation which wouldn't be sorted out if there wouldn't be uh, if there is no sales inside brick because it would be just you know pushing um i don't know say that the client is stupid and uh, we won't work them won't work them again and we try to bring this important aspect that clients should be super important it should be client approach as well represented inside the company and that's why it's also sales is so good so yeah sales and commercial also marketing is in it um, um uh, you know it's if you check our social media it's it's better and better quite active compared as far as i know uh, many other companies uh, and we want to continue that it's fun for several reasons uh, we still uh, want to be, you know, recruit talent, and that's needed to sell ourselves as an employer. So one of the reason for good marketing is to employ branding, basically. Uh, the second reason, of course, just building our brand name uh, to, you know, to show our work to clients. But it's not a direct sales; it's just a build, uh, brand building. It's not like, okay, here is a twenty percent discount for visualization today. This is now how we do things. But you can still do brand building towards clients. And and the last things that, of course, we do other things, uh, spin-offs like the academy and and the and the pulse, the software development. And yeah, in that case, it's a direct sales. Uh, um, channel as well, uh, the social media. And then the, after the commercial and sales, there is a one, I, I call it support, which includes uh, all the things which is needed to, to have a good control and management control. It includes, um, uh, of course, the IT, which is super important and strategically uh, super uh, highlighted activity and uh, finance, financial control. Uh, um, uh, and yeah, and also it's a little bit part of the sales, a little bit part of the production, a little bit part of the, the support part of the brick is uh, capacity planning. We have a dedicated, quiet senior person who is in charge of the planning and risk management of, you know, booking projects, uh, follow up changes constantly if there is a delay. What to put in uh, instead of that? How you can delay other? It's a really um, sophisticated risk management job to do that. It, and yeah, the, sorry. Then the last part is the research and development uh, part, which is actually Attila is doing that uh, job right now in Brick, uh, which is 
um, maybe it comes from real 5D story, but it was in in a, in a, like many years ago. It became a strategically super important element for Brick to, to run a, a really serious like three four people only doing research and development in Brick. Yeah, because it's also important to stay up to date. But I'm curious, these 50 people that are doing the images, are they then divided in clusters or some sort of teams? Or it's very dynamic how you switch them on the job? Um, yeah, I think in, um, after, you know, when we had more than 20 people realized that we you know, the artists started to struggle for several things. And one of the reasons was that it was a too, too big pool and they didn't really know each other anymore because there was like so many people and when it was a smaller team they knew that okay that guy know that i don't know city traffic plugin which is necessary for that animation the other guy know how to do a little bit better color palette for the picture and they could you know get to know each other professionally but also um also get to know each other like persons like who is a I don't know, uh, behaving well or not and these kind of things and making friendship. And for 20 people, it was too big and it, it was a little bit messy. So we said that we, we're going to do uh, work groups and we we're going to split these teams. So, so right now in Brick, we have in Budapest five work groups. Uh, each work group contains like 10 people. Uh, and each work group is working together all the time. So they, they, it's, a, it's a small company in the big company. Uh, each artist, uh, we don't have a specialization. So it's not like a factory chain production. Each artist is starting the image from the beginning, making the drafts and finishing till the end. So we have generalists uh, in, in Brick, not like specialized post-production master or 3D master, no. This is uh, this is not the way how we approach this, uh, but it's true that uh, each work group working independently, but they have a really similar uh, know-how and mindset and everything, so they do all the time the same quality of projects. There is no, I don't know, weak group and strong group. It's it, they they are uh, treated equally and equally doing the quality what they do. And, and do you have uh, some internal workshops once in a while to, I don't know, bring up to date everybody on something, some skill or something new or um, how does... Um, and tricky question, um, not really. It is also a little bit because of COVID. So we had a couple, um, not really, um, you know, strongly like, like for the old production. Uh, because it was like 50 people teaching them something. It's, it's, it's a little bit, you know, it's a critical mass. It's too much. It's somebody wouldn't be interested because they already know it. So, so we had many in the old days and nowadays we have a different strategy. Each work group, they're writing their own story. And if they want to have workshops in different form or different topics, they will do it. Of course, there are general things, which is scattered as knowledge in the office and you know we uh, each were each work group has a leader a work group leader uh and and they are they have every day meeting all the work group leaders uh and and you know there are several things where they agree that 
okay, we should have this whatever um, teach to the guys. Like, let's say, okay, now we have um, the problem that we have lots of massifies in, in, in brick. Uh, not super messy, so don't compare it maybe what you experience. So these were neat files, but compare what these would like to have. It's still a messy one. And we wrote a script, uh, one of the guys in the office, we call this script Consuela, uh, the cleaner lady. And the Consuela, the cleaner lady, a job is to check the files if they are clean and automatically fixing the messy layer structure or if the bounding box is too big and, and it's not right and it, it's right down the thing. And then this Consuela is, actually we train the people, but not in a way that we, okay, come to the workshop and, and listen to me and here is Consuela. But we tell the work group leaders that here's the Consuela, you're gonna have to use it with the people and make sure to teach to that 10 person. And the way how they doing that, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's up to them. Uh, and it's also through that, that we have a quite active uh, um, um, internal um, system. Uh, it's called the workplace. It's the kind of uh, the profession of Facebook. So actually, Facebook owns a workplace, and we share lots of things there and and sharing it. Also, we have a we call it a brick big brick uh, book BBB, uh, which. It's actually a book which is always increasing and the basic things and regulations and rules what you have should follow as a 3D artist. But these are not like, okay, you have to color balance the image like this, otherwise you, you're not gonna be a good artist. It's not like that. It's just basic you know, structure that if you work in big, follow this layer structure, otherwise you're screwing with, uh, with the others who are following that because it will make mess. And these kind of regulations and rules, and this one is always like a bigger and bigger book with many chapters in it. And uh, I'm, I saw now on, on the website that uh, you have uh, like, a, the, the website of course looks uh, amazing, very slick, I like it. But I see that uh, next to the section works and services in between you have art. And from what I see, those are images uh, from, from the people who are working at your office, uh, if I'm not wrong. And this is, um, this is sort of a way to, I don't know, do you give your people time to make some extra images so that also externally the people can get a little bit of an insight of who is working at, at Brick and what kind of sensibility they have or how this art gallery you created works like? I think it's hard to determine the, the purpose of this. I think it can be many you know purposes, like business purpose, why we did that. I can tell you the story of that. It's fun. It's just um, we made it because, you know, I... Uh, for example, for me, I'm um, doing CEOing job most of the time. Nowadays, I'm totally out from production. I'm not even doing quality controlling anymore. Um, till uh, last year, I did some. Uh, the, the year before, in 2019, I was still active sometimes as quality controller. Before that, I was sometimes leading project and project managing. Uh, but, you know, Doing this work as a CEO, I, I'm still a creative person. I want to create. So 
so what I realized, I started to do these doubles at home, uh, non-commissioned, not really acquisit job, but with the same skill set and know-how. And I did many of these. And and also, our creative director was doing some experimental stuff, uh, digital stuff. And then we realized that we we already have like a couple of pictures which would be cool to share. So on this workplace, uh, what I mentioned you, this inter intranet, we made a group uh, which is called was uh, My Life After 6 p.m. And and then we said that, okay, if you have a non-commissioned work or even a commissioned work and you're proud of it and it didn't happen in brick, but you want to share it and inspire others, you are free to go. And, and it was like booming and it turned out that, okay, one of the guys uh, in his free time is doing hyper-realistic paintings and started to share that. And then others was into the Lego and sharing stuff. And, you know, it happened that it was also inspiring me to do uh, just simply non-commissioned digital art. I'm doing that nowadays constantly and that's my creative side and still i loving it it's much better fun than do, doing architecture work uh, commission work architecture visualization work uh, and, and it inspired me as well and everyone and and it became like a lot of images a lot of cool stuff what we could share and we just said okay it should be shared why not and that's the reason why it's there it's so simple but of course it's about brand building the brand again showing our artists um if if they do non-commissioned um, kind of fine digital contemporary route, what they are capable of, which is also a show of the clients, but also, of course, it's a branding uh, stuff. And we're really proud of that. And it's, it's also, again, inspires me and, and I think many artists in Cybrick as well to do this kind of work. Um, I just received a big thank you from Mohamed, uh, one of our really good colleagues, and because we just uploaded his uh, latest projects on in this collection, he was super, you know, thankful. And it just feels good. It feels good for them. It's motivation for them. And, and what we decided that actually from now on, every month, we're going to showcase and introduce one of our artists, uh, showcase like... Uh, their non-commissioned work side as well. Maybe, um, maybe do the podcast if we can. We never did that, uh, but maybe do even a talk with them, a short one. Um, and I think that's fun. It's also like we make them engage a little bit more that uh, they are visible, not just a brand of brick. And uh, yeah. Maybe maybe I can suggest. Maybe you can do like once a year the award of the art section. I don't know, based on what, maybe based on, I don't know, social media likes or something like that. Because the images I'm seeing on the website are really, really cool and like really creative. Uh, I saw the Lego, the Lego guy with the car that's actually scaled up to a human size and drives around uh, and the thing that it's hyper-realistic, it's so dope. And there are a lot of... Uh, a lot of cool images I, I suggest to people to just i'm just gonna put a link to this exact uh portfolio in the description of the episode so that the people can go just below and click and and see all it's the super colorful because it's also there like um in brick uh you know we're doing the music composing in-house uh one of our a uh, colleague uh, who is actually the operation operating officer chief operating officer in in brick uh, 
he's amazing music composer and pianist. So many of the of the movies uh, under the the movies this this was composed by us uh, tailor made for that movie, and and many of his composed music it's here. Uh, also among the picture, lots of photographs as well, and other different crazy, not just visualization projects, uh, graphic work, graphic design, drawings and everything. So it's a little bit more colorful. It is hard to say that, okay, this year that's the winner because you comparing different art forms, uh, which, is, which is maybe not comparable and it doesn't make any sense for me, but <laughs> yeah. So it's, but I like it's colorful. I love it that that it's not just three D digital uh, um, things. So yeah. Nah, actually, it looks way way crazier and uh, interesting uh, than the usual uh, architectural images. Um, and what then? Uh, more thing that I've noticed that I would have noticed the first time I went to your website, but there wasn't yet. It's the Brick uh, Academy. Uh, so um, I see that there is uh, an academy that has started. Uh, when did you start this academy and what is it about? What do you do there? Mm. It's um, actually we started two, two years ago uh, as an academy. Uh, the reason why uh, we started it because, um, um, you know, at that time when we hired like lots of people, we realized that we started to run out of, artists in Budapest who was willing to come here and we started to to um, hire like like um, um, people from abroad which was fun today more than 50 percent of the employees are not Hungarian uh, we have people from 22 different countries which is fun a super international diverse team and we love it we celebrate that and and uh, and but one of the aspects of these changes was that that we realized that we're not going to find senior people on the market. They bring to Hungary from Berlin, uh, offer them, I don't know, an Eastern European salary, and 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 uh, um, uh, make them stay based on this. Uh, and we started to see that we shifting to to more like hiring junior people and train them and, and improve them super quickly. And we had really big success quite early in this to hire a junior one, but you know, realizing that, okay, still the guy has a good eye for talent for compositions and color uh, palettes. And, and, you know, and, and we realized that quite quickly we could teach, train a guy and, and, they became senior artists within like one year or two years in break with that surrounding what they have around us. And, and, and it's actually, it's in our way from the beginning. And it's not really a bullshit. This is how work brick is works that we really, everyone is helping like each other and try to improve each other. And I know it's, it's, it's like this in every, every company, uh, but but this was from the beginning a super important uh, and key of the success that we could do this properly, and it became so you know um, common that we said that okay this should be more like let's call it an academy and then if we hire someone then 
firstly, that person should be in the academy and 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 finish that academy and 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 after that we can say if we hire that person or not. And firstly it was free totally, but there was like so much interest and not just for doing the um you know, just just to come here to work with us and participate uh, in the academy as a, I don't know. Uh, basically, it it was a, a free um, school uh, internship kind of thing, but they didn't have to work. We we had the program to to give them knowledge, and that's it. And then we said that okay, if if there is a business opportunity, why shouldn't we do it? And then we said that okay, let's do a for profit. Uh, story from this, uh, and then now it still have a double mission. One of them is to to make cool courses and share knowledge, and maybe make a little money from it uh, as a spin off of Rick, uh, but also for recruitment. So if we find a good talent and they're willing to come, after that we after they finish the course or master class, we we can we can offer them a, a job if they are interested and and still we we can recruit from these courses uh, um, um, but of course this is already a, a paid for profit uh, part of of brick and we have uh, ambitions to 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 basically do a spin off from brick and do a do, do a school not just in our quiz but the other areas so we will have more and more several different courses um you know it's important that that you know in brick we have the core activity but in 2016 for example we established another company uh together with Attila and the third guy uh they doing uh really well it's another company but it's a spin-off grown out from brick and it's a really well uh good company doing infographic maps and you know it's grown out from brick, and and we have the school as well, which is the ambition is to to have another company, brick behind it, but actually it's a separate business and not related anymore to brick, and that's the ambition with the academy as well. So we look for these business opportunities, and we want to grab them. Maybe we can we will fail sometimes, maybe not, but we will try to build something more. Um, yeah. What what are the classes um, the the classes you're offering this masters or these courses you're offering in the Brick Academy? Are they aimed for complete beginners uh, or are they aim for someone that already has some skills and wants to get some extra definition in those skills? It's not um, not for totally beginners. Uh, I think that's not. To, to start with us in in brick uh, to, from uh, for beginners is not the best uh, idea or investment but uh, we we have three different courses now of course now we switch all of them to online so we don't do any on location courses before that we did only on location courses and probably we will bring back also keep the online and also bring on location courses and and right now we have three but we're going to have more types uh one of the courses is a is a seven days long uh, post-production course uh actually it has this marketing name but in reality it's about that we teaching them how to effectively doing uh drafts because that's one of the key momentum in the in our 
production, how we can effectively creating drafts, super cool drafts within two or three hours. Uh, of course, sometimes with massive post-production matte painting work. And, and we teach that. Uh, so it's not just you know having a raw render and put color balance and put a cutout on it. It's more like an effect way how you can do uh, drafts uh, with Photoshop or with the help of Photoshop Plus, 3D Max and V-Ray uh, in the early phase of the project. And that's the goal of that uh, course. And usually more experienced people joining to this course not really experienced one, but not with zero knowledge. And we have an animation course, which is also for for not for juniors. So so actually it's required to have a certain amount of knowledge in 3D Max, V-Ray, and we teach how, uh, what we do there is basically um, create together a nice flight through animation during this eight days of work rendering out and do it from you know choosing the right camera movements uh, storyboard everything till the end rendering out we render out in our render farm or on amazon and and finalize the movie together the whole team that eight person who is participating in this it's pretty cool i think we shared one of these videos it's amazing actually it's better than the original what we did in in brick and and then uh and then the, the the last one is a little bit bigger junk, and it's more for juniors, but not again, not super juniors. Uh, people with a little bit less experience uh, is the intensive architecture visualization course, which is a one month long intensive course, uh, full time mentoring, uh, a complex um, recovering everything. Uh, the approach, what we do, the 3D part, the technical knowledge, and also the the artistic fundamentals, and the ambition of that, that that at the end of this course, we have usually also an exam. If someone is interested, they can take the exam, and then we would hire them. Um, right now, it's actually this course is an ongoing course. We are in the second week of that, and on Friday we are gonna have a review on the images what they did uh, in the second week. You know, uh, there is a mentor who is the good cop, and usually I come in as a bad cop and ruining their motivation <laughs> with the input what I say. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this podcast will uh, get out after after that, so and they will hear maybe later <laughs> your role. <laughs> um, no, it. I mean, it's amazing uh, to understand so much behind of the behind of the scenes of a company like like yours uh because i think that um this is the the interesting part the the powerful part of this podcast is that we get to have a little bit side view which is uh, maybe a little bit uh, untraditional you know it's not like polished as the media the articles that you can find online uh, you get to get to get a 360 degree view of of the company, and um, I think it's fascinating how um, what you have made me think about the whole conversation. There is a book. It's called "A Real Artist Don't Starve." I think it's called the book, uh, which explains how artists are supposed to make money. And I, I, I really love that all the creativity is structured in such a in such a business way. Um, and that you do also this uh, spin-off activities as the academy, as um, some software developments also. Yeah, that's Popos.io. Um, 
I promise that you that you to have a little part on this in this podcast. If uh, this thing, yes, this yes, that. you can you can say something about about that too. That's interesting too to me. You know, I, I don't want to make like an advertisement. Maybe this uh, this academic stuff was also too much advertisement. So you can no, no, you, no, no, no. It's not advertisement. It's completely fine uh, because it's part of what you do. It's part of what you do. Yeah. So this pause is just. What happened is that, you know, I mentioned this R&D research and development group, what Attila started to do in, in I think, in 16. Yeah. Um, and, um, and you know, it was the purpose of that group is to to create scripts and, and help in the production process to speed up the production things and, and um, improve the pipeline with scripts. Um, what happened actually that some of the artists who was like has a little knowledge in coding and scripting uh, in Max, they... They wanted to do this, and it was a good match that we needed this. But slowly, it, it went in a way that that uh, you know we we ended up developing a render manager. So instead of using deadline for all uh, office, we developing a, a render manager for for really uniquely to our purposes. And then we developed a, a quite complex scene management um, a plugin for for 3D Max. And also post-production uh, plugin or, or Photoshop plugin for Photoshop to update, you know, the iterations of the renders in the complex Photoshop files. And then, then we realized that oh, when when we when we showed this, uh, for example, in D two, when we were you know speakers in D two, there were like lots of interest in that. Oh yeah, I cannot use that line. It's uh, Maybe too expensive or too complicated for an office like uh, like me, and there was like lots of interest in it. That can we give it to them? Is it free? Is it? Uh, and you know, it was just an internal tool. And we we saw a possible business opportunity. Uh, and and uh, and actually today, Pose is a startup company in a seed phase. So it's already selling seeds. It's already we are making money little so invested a lot and now is the time to um, make the profit and and get back the money what we invested so it's in the in a seed phase is a it's, uh, it's still under the roof of, of brick and still under um, legally under brick but actually we controlling it as a separate company even if it's 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 legally is the same and 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 now it's making profit which is great, uh, but it's still a startup. So we need to see how we will end up in there. But but we already have lots of happy users, which is a great experience. And probably the 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 outcome of this is the same story. What I said to the academy, the ambition to have a separate company independently from Brick, and it will be a software development company grown out of of Brick as the ambition. And uh, one last spin-off you've mentioned to me, it's, um, I don't know if it's the correct pronunciation, Edgite, Edgit, which is yeah. connected with the real estate market, market too. Yeah, I mentioned it, I think, a little bit um, earlier uh, already. Um, yeah, that's, um, that's, a, that's, a, that's actually grown out quite early from Brick. Um, um, we established that company uh, also with Attila and a uh, third, uh, third uh, person, uh, a good friend of mine. And uh, they are a decent, moderately successful company uh, with, with six, seven people doing infographic maps for 
clients in the USA for real estate um, uh, developers. Um, it's not really a high-end stuff, but again, a little success spin-off of Brick. What I really like because it's, you know, it's 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 really nice to see these 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 opportunities where we can you know make a little opportunity and give work for six seven people uh, additionally and make I don't know my friend also happy owning that company and that's his life now and. And that's nice. That's uh, that's I like, and that's also exciting because you started to do something which is not just doing the stuff what you are interested in uh, professionally because that's your profession, and you repeating it, and you maybe earn money in it, but also making opportunities and new business. And and I'm I'm interested in that. That's cool. Uh, so so yeah, that's the third spin off uh, of of Brick so so cool so many so many things i i love that uh you have uh, created this sort of uh branches and that's uh i think it's important to differentiate uh the business incomes because you never know what can happen and to be in different fields it's never good to put all the eggs in one basket so to say um i i want to ask you one thing that uh will be the the question that's um valuable for all, or what all what we said so far uh, because uh, I, I can feel that you have been always very passionate about what you do. You started very early on. You started your own company. You grew it. Now you're starting to changing fields. Um, how much work it is behind all of this? Because when we talk about it, it sounds all so easy, so flawless. I started Brick. I did big Brick bigger. I started this other company. Uh, just sum up, what is the amount of work load and stress that's in behind you in this uh what was your lifestyle behind all this year until you became established it was a lot i have lots of gray hairs and of course lots of you know i i think um you know i i don't want to go to the details but i paid a price of that lot of work uh, because of of my health so it's not uh, yeah it's if I could think through it, uh, I would really consider it if it's is it worth it. And I know it's crazy to say this because it's it's I really love, love where I am now, but it had some consequences to my health, which is you cannot turn back that, and that's super important. Fortunately, my wife was always patient and supporting me all the time. So I never had to, you know, I never had to say that, okay, because of my job, my family life is um, ruining or something. So that part is super happy and happy married with two, two really cool little kids, really, really bad ones, but really cool kids. And, and, uh, but, but, you know, it had some consequences to my health. And, and I think if I, what I regret, the only thing from this story that I was a little bit over load uh, and that went to 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 the, to affect my my health which is not good um so yeah i can see this holistic first that life and work balance and well yeah yeah but you know when you are in in that you know really motivated state it you're not not gonna stop you're kind of uh, obsessed probably. you know like yeah. get obsessed um and of course today nowadays i'm working uh, much less or I work a lot actually but you know not this like working like till middle of the night and then get up early you know, so not like that so it's still really intensive 
but really different. So still I can relax and, 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 and you know, it's not that crazy anymore, but you know, it's a must. Uh, it's, it's not, it's, it's too risky to, to continue this, this crazy work uh, uh, in terms of like how many hours you work uh, or how intensely it intensive is. So, so yeah, it's, it's a little bit, that part is hard. And yeah, I had lots of gray hairs, lots of big struggling fights, literally working till your noise is bleeding <laughs> that also happened not just with me but with some of my colleagues which is not a good thing but this is the price what you have to pay for this and that's not a joke and that's that's you know a little bit interesting as well nowadays when we hire a young person and you know they have a certain expectation how much they have to work and they are complaining that they have to work overtime and we ask oh that's not good we're not sure it's overtime because we don't see like can you confirm what's the overtime it's like 30 minutes every day and it's like what the fuck it's a, you know it's a little bit different expectation what we had at that time when when we had to work you know in, in the competition for an architect and we i worked uh 48 hours in a, in a row uh, so now, nowadays, actually, the, the younger generation has a little bit different expectation, like how much is this life work branch? And that's all right. You know, I'm not fighting with this and I accepting this is just, you know, also me and, for example, Martin, uh, you know, I mentioned his name. He's our um, uh, creative director. He's also pissed off like, like, but when I was young, like that guy, I worked day and night and it was crazy. And what is this? And, and, um, and yeah, it's different now. And I, I think that's okay. That's good. It's just, uh, we had to really literally sweat blood to, you know, do this and, and work super super heavily this is this is why the question come from me because i'm the younger generation so uh, i i think we're just smarter we saw what what of pain in the ass was for you so we were we we're like <laughs> we're not doing this shit man <laughs> we're out maybe of here you're right. maybe you're right maybe. we're I'm, out of I'm, here i'm paying this price now and let's see how long i will live hopefully long but <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah man like this is why i ask because like you know everything sounds so so nice and so and it is so nice and it is so cool and the, the everything brick does it looks so slick it's so perfect so polished but i also wanted you know to ask you this question because after after all these things you told me you do it's like okay i have to ask this so that people know that it's not like easy to be like okay i'm gonna start tomorrow and then it's gonna go up and up and up no, it means like grinding, 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 and you have to go along with it because otherwise to make all the, the things that you do, all this improvement, all this, uh, everything you do, the scripts, the softwares, the books, the offices, it takes, 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 you know, as like, uh, I mean, people can go and see like people like Elon Musk, he says like great things happens only if a lot of people work together very hard toward that direction to to make it happen and and this was uh, the same from your story what what you have told me so far but i think we covered mo like 
every possible topic so far i think uh, i think uh, the the podcast is so long that i will need to split it into two pieces for the platform um <laughs> i want to conclude the conversation by asking you right now what kind of things you do uh, aside of work to get inspired on your own if there is any sort of movies you like to watch books to read place you go what is your uh little inspiration tradition or what is something that inspired you a lot and you would you share with with us you know it's funny because to say this uh, leading an architecture visualizations company and saying that one of my hobbies is to digital artwork but yeah that's true so that's uh, one of the my little i have a little good workstation and nice surface studio uh and i i drawing a lot uh, matte paint uh, speed paint on it some of the work is uh i posting it also in this art of brick and i'm really proud of that it's uh, um, not necessarily serious work but i have fun with it and that's one of my little place where i have to be sometimes when i'm doing too much managing and not doing that much uh, uh um creative visual work I'm, i'm not saying not doing creative work but not visual work and and that's that's uh, that helps me so that's one of my hobbies uh, the other uh hobby um it uh it's that i like um, drive around and uh, road trips so i have a little roadster and uh, and that's uh that's how i like to push it a little bit also that's the roadster and 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 do some cool road trips uh, all around europe so i was like uh, road tripping in in austria in this really cool curvy route with the roster and it's so fun i really love that um yeah what else will be yeah and of course like i don't have free time that much so this is like little times uh, because uh, what remains is is goes to the family of course so yeah and also to the house because as i said we build up a really nice family house and actually it's pretty cool uh, just uh, this week um, they installed that um, they installed a really interesting uh, installation uh, in our in my living room uh, this was designed by me a uh, little experimental um, i don't know architecture that it's um you know i have this double height in the living room and uh, and um i made this net uh, you know this net system um and it's it's actually put in the middle of this uh, double height living room on the um, um, on the ceiling close to the ceiling and you can go inside this net and walk around and and i don't know lie in it and and it looks like like a playground but it looks really cool because it looks like a sack like a spare but it's actually um you know um it's pulled by you know ropes and and it's a really good architecture you know fluid form on um levitating above my living room like a black cloud uh and that that's also that i'm still really interesting in experimental architecture and i did a little bit here and seeing like behind me you know when i'm working this uh, outcome of my design uh it's really fun so and also i designed the interior design and part of of the the, the building itself for this family house as i have architecture background and i 
I'm still having fun with that. So, so maybe if there is be more opportunities like this, I will take and do some interior design as well. Hey, very happy to hear. Well, then congratulations of, of your goals with your uh, new family house. And thank you very much for, for sharing all this uh, very useful information about the behind the scenes of a brick. So thank you very much. And uh, you're welcome back anytime soon when the podcast is also a little bigger so you can share further new projects and how things are going. Cool. Really, thank you for this opportunity. It was really cool to talk with you. So I had fun. I hope I didn't talk that much. I have the tendency to talk too much, but I hope it will be. If you cut it out, the boring part, it you can make a fun, uh, <laughs> useful podcast. For this. No, it's appreciatable people who talk a lot. <laughs> okay, <laughs> then have a good evening. Okay. You too. Bye bye. Bye. Hey friends, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. You've been amazing. Before we go, I just want to remind you that if you want to support us, you can just go on the creativeinsider.com where uh, you can subscribe to our monthly newsletter or you can follow us on our social media channels, which are Instagram at TCI Podcast or the LinkedIn page, The Creative Insider. Uh, by doing this, you will have a bigger social media presence, which always looks attractive to more and more important guests. And so this is very fundamental. And if you really love what we do and you want to help us doing a better production, just click on the Patreon link below where you can support us with the wished amount of money you think it's okay for you. Uh, it's a monthly subscription, but you can cancel anytime. So thank you very much and have a good week, guys. Bye-bye. The whole world stops just like that.